We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today is Thursday, March the 16th, 2023, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet on today's show SEC play begins as the Yardcocks travel to Athens, Georgia to take on the Georgia Bulldogs in a best of three set at Foley Field. Guys, I'll break down the series in its entirety. First things first, we'll talk Georgia, the pitching, the hitting. Also, of course, diving to South Carolina, their starting rotation for the weekend, what to watch for, my key player of the weekend, and I'll lock in my prediction as well. Also, in the spirit of spring ball, we continue the conversation around Gamecocks footballs. I give you my top five position battles to watch for and follow along and keep a close eye on as the Gamecocks go through spring practice number three of the Shane Beamer era. Guys, we've got a lot to get into today here on the show, and it's all brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go down to the Prize Picks app, go to prizepicks.com, and when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works. You pick two to six players, and you can win up to 10 times on the entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry, guys. It's literally just you against. The projection, they also allow mixed sport entries. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. Guys, they've got college sports, pro sports. Of course, today, March Madness gets underway. You want to make sure you're playing with our friends over at Price Picks. They've also got a slick, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. Guys, so many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Price Picks and you should as well. So again, go download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it.
Non-conference weekends are officially a thing of the past as the real work begins. The best conference in all of college baseball begins its conference slate, and we now get to find out just how good is this South County Ball Club. It all begins this weekend. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Thursday. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, your host of the Spurs Up Show. As always, appreciate you all tuning in. We have got a packed show for you today. Lots to get into as we look ahead to the weekend. Also continue the conversation around Gamecocks football as the boys are on the gridiron hitting the practice field probably as we speak again guys hope this show does find you well no matter where you are what you're doing hope you're having a fantastic week thus far and also by the way hopefully you're not getting too much work done today or tomorrow as March Madness begins and I'm sure many of you hearing the sound of my voice will be glued to a TV somewhere or you'll be in the office in the queue much like I was just a couple of years ago pretending to get your work done while on your second or third screen having on all of the college basketball games. Also to all my gamblers out there, best of luck this weekend. My only piece of advice to you would be do not chase. If you fall behind, hey, know when to hold them, but know when to fold them. That is the most important thing when it comes to gambling. Don't chase too much or you'll find yourself in the hole with the bookie. Anyways, guys, a fantastic sports weekend. It is a great time to be a sports fan. We got college baseball, MLB opening days just around the corner, March Madness getting going. The Masters is also upcoming as well for all my golfers out there. The weather's starting to warm up. The time change is staying late or light out later, excuse me. Really exciting stuff. And again, guys, really pumped to be talking with you all as we embark in an SEC play on the Diamond Really, really excited. Guys, a couple of quick housekeeping items before we dive into everything. Of course, first things first, we will be doing the live stream watch-alongs this weekend for each of the three games as South Carolina takes on Georgia tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, Saturday at 2, and Sunday at 3. So again, just like the Sucks weekend, be sure to obviously have the game on your TV, your tablet, your phone, or whatever, but also have a second screen with yours truly, and we will be watching the game together. Of course, I'll be interacting with your comments, stuff like that. The setup is going to be basically exactly the same as it was for the Clem Suck series. Like I told you guys a couple weeks ago, these live stream watch-alongs are something I'm going to be making a much, much bigger part of our content. I think it's a great value add as we watch the games together and take in uh, whatever sport it is that the Gamecocks are playing. So again, really, really excited for that all weekend long, and I hope you guys will tune in. We'll be streaming it just like we do the Daily Crow, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Cannot wait for a fun weekend of baseball. Also, guys, as we sit here today, we are exactly... One week away from the start of the TSUS Spring Tour with our friends over at Carolina Alehouse. You've probably seen it at this point pinned to the top of our social media, but we will be going across the state 
to all the various Carolina Alehouse locations. We will start next Thursday, again, one week from today in Columbia. Then we'll spend some time up in the upstate in Greenville, then bounce around from Somerville, Fort Mill, Myrtle Beach. That'll start again a week from today and go through the end of April, April the 27th being our final date. It'll be basically every single Thursday for the next six weeks weeks. Also, big news, right? Because we've normally sold merchandise, or we did last year at least, on the summer tour. I will have the towels and the koozies on hand yet again. The Beamer Ball stuff will be on hand, but I'm very excited to announce, and by the time you're hearing the sound of my voice, you may have already seen uh, the video, the promo, if you will, of the brand new merchandise that we will be selling on the tour. And guys, this is exclusive specifically to those who come out to the tour stops at Carolina Ale House. It's a really, really cool shirt. Beamer ball to the moon tour with the 2023 schedule on the back of the shirt. Really exciting stuff, guys. Again, if you have not seen it, head over to social media. I've definitely posted the video by now. By the time you're hearing the sound of my voice, I am really, really excited for it. And just a value add and a bit of a thank you, right, to those that take time to come out to these tour stops and uh, give you guys something exclusive, something you can only get if you do come out to the tour dates in person. So again, be sure to come on out. Whatever local Carolina Alehouse it is for you, Right, Come on out. You'll have an opportunity to buy these T-shirts. And, of course, we will spend time talking Gamecocks, also watching some games, right? Some of these will effectively serve as live stream watch-alongs because some of the nights, South Carolina baseball is also playing as well. And I'll be sure to let you guys know exactly what time everything's starting. Uh, you know, if there is a game, exactly what we're going to do. The plan will be to just watch the games there at the Alehouse location. So, again, cannot wait. Want to go ahead and say thank you in advance to Carolina Alehouse for affording us the opportunity. And I'm expecting this to be a massive success just like last summer was when we did the first ever tour, the first ever TSUS tour with Carolina Alehouse, if you will. So again, just stay tuned to social media for all the details, but really, really exciting stuff. And I appreciate everyone who has made the tour possible. With that being said, guys, we sit here on game day eve as SEC play begins this weekend. Let's go ahead and dive into it. Yardcocks travel to Athens, Georgia, Foley Field to take on the Georgia Bulldogs tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Saturday at 2, and then Sunday at 3. The games are being streamed SEC Network Plus on Friday and Saturday. How about the Gamecocks and Dogs on the big channel on Sunday? SEC Network will carry that ball game at 3 o'clock. Of course, the Dogs, their head coach is Scott Strickland. Been there quite a while, done a pretty good job in Athens. They sit right now, overall record 13-4, and four, most notably took two of three from Georgia Tech. So Georgia guys, a team in the preseason that really wasn't getting, you know, a ton of hype, a ton of love. D1Baseball.com did not have them making the postseason. They did not have them as a regional team. But I think you can look at Georgia as when you look at the depth of the league, right? We all know there's no easy weekends. And I think Georgia is just one of those teams that while they may not be flashy, they may not get the love, or they may not have the top-end talent that a LSU or a Tennessee or a Florida or maybe even a South Carolina has, I think they're going to be a really pesky team this year. I think they're going to be a very tough out. And do not be surprised 
if they sneak up and they bite a couple of these top teams that they play, I think Georgia is a quality club. They're not an upper echelon club, but they're one of those just tough, stingy SEC clubs that I think will be on the bubble when we get to the end of the season. When you look, we'll start with their pitching staff, a 5.13 staff ERA. But it's really been the bullpen. Their starters, especially Woods and Sullivan, who we're going to dive into in just a second, they have been really, really good. But when you look at the bullpen and you look at some of these numbers, I mean, that's where the struggles have come. I mean, you got ERAs at 27, 18.9, 17.55, 16.88, 12, 11.12, 8.31. Shall I continue, right? It has been a real struggle for the Bulldogs' bullpen, and so I think that'll be a big key for South Carolina is to knock out those starters and get into that dog's bullpen because when you look at the starting rotation, it's been pretty damn good. They'll go like this this weekend, at least. This is projected. They have not dropped this yet. They'll start tomorrow. Left-handed pitcher Jaden Woods, 3-0 with a 2.60 ERA. Many folks are high on Woods, and for good reason, has really, really good movement on the fastball, nice breaking ball as well, and just has the makeup of that Friday night guy you see typically in the SEC. On Saturday, left-handed pitcher Liam Sullivan, and not to be outdone, he is 3-0 with a 0.44 ERA. He has been absolutely electric, and just to go further on his stat line, guys, he's given up just one earned run, 27 strikeouts, to six walks, hitters are hitting .091 against Liam Sullivan. So he has been really good in that Saturday spot. And then finally, their Sunday guy, right-handed pitcher, Nolan Crisp, one and two with a 7.15 ERA. So after Woods and Sullivan, it drops off a fair amount. I mean, you look at their bullpen, and their top appearance man is Dalton Radons. He's got a 2.45 ERA in 11 innings pitch, but there really aren't a whole lot of guys. I mean, you look at Matthew Hoskins, uh, 10.1 innings, 1.74 ERA, and 18 strikeouts. So the strikeout numbers are really good, but there aren't really those top-end arms like even South Carolina has in their bullpen. So you just wonder, can the Yardcocks expose maybe that lack of pitching depth that has hurt Georgia to this point, let's move to the offensive side of things. The Bulldogs, Georgia hitting 337 as a team. They have been tearing the cover off of the baseball. When you look at their players to watch for, you got to start with infielder Charlie Condone, who redshirted last year as a true freshman. This year, he has been incredible, hitting 531. 531, folks. That's not a misprint. 531 eight homers, and 34 RBI for the Dogs, and that's in 64 at-bats, guys. This man is 34 for 64. He is slugging 1.031, has a 597 on base percentage. I mean, this is absolutely crazy. Six doubles on the year. It has been an incredible start for Condone, so he will definitely be somebody a tough out for you this weekend. He then moved to the veteran. Outfielder Connor Tate, which that name I know sounds really familiar. He's been there what feels like forever, hitting 507, seven home runs, 24 RBI. And then finally, infielder Mason LaPlante hitting 365, three homers, and nine RBI. But Georgia has been on a tear again, hitting 337 as a team to start this season. So it'll be really intriguing and interesting to see can South Carolina cool off what has been a really, really hot lineup to this point. You look at their schedule. Normally, Georgia, they are winning with big offensive 
numbers. As we dive into South Carolina, guys, it's status quo, I believe, for the rotation. Will Sanders will get the baseball tomorrow night. Noah Hall on Saturday and Jack Mahoney on Sunday. As we dive into the top storylines or what to watch for, if you will, uh, my first one is simply this, just the beginning of SEC play, guys. And if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, and I know I sound like a broken record, but this is now the time. I, I think South Carolina, as we sit here and we evaluate what you've done at this point, sitting 17-1, and one, right? This has been, you know, dare I say, a dream start. It's gone about as well as you could have drawn it up, right? 17-1, and one, you take two of three from the arch rival. You've looked really good in your victories, right? You know, I said before the season that you need to be hitting at minimum 300 or better in non-conference or as you go into SEC play. Guys, right now, you're hitting 311. You have a 245 staff ERA. You've done what feels like everything Right. So you have put yourself in a position, I think, uh, with as much momentum as you could really ask for to go into SEC play feeling good about yourself and feeling confident that you are one of the better teams in this league. But this is the time that truly separates the men from the boys, right? Th this is what's going to make your season. SEC play is what's going to make your season. This is where the real test is going to happen, right? We've talked a lot about pitching depth. We've talked a lot about uh, the, the new approach that Monty Lee has brought. We've talked about the power surge. We've talked about this improvement and that improvement. All of those things will be tested. Because if SEC play does not go well, and I'm not saying it's not going to, but all I'm saying is that this is what matters, right? It's almost like in football when they say they remember November. Isn't it ironic how like nobody really remembers what you did at the start of the season? It's all about how you finish it. Well, these next 30 conference games, they are what define your season. Because if you don't do well in SEC play, nobody's really going to care that you swept Bethune-Cookman. Nobody's really going to care that you swept Penn that you swept UMass Lowell, right? Like those were those were nice opportunities to sharpen up, if you will, and to, and to show that you were improved. But this is now where we learn about this ball club. And I'm honestly, for one, I am excited for that, right? Because we've seen what we've needed to see to this point now. Let's see how this ball club fares against the best competition that college baseball has to offer. And as we all know, guys, the SEC season, it's a roller coaster. There's highs, there's lows but it is an absolute blast as well, and it leads to all the dramatics you could ask for and more on a weekend-in, weekend-out basis. Continuing with the top storylines, what we're looking for this weekend, you know, I think it's interesting, the lefty-heavy rotation for the dogs. You don't see a lot of starting rotations, guys, with southpaws back-to-back, especially on Fridays and Saturdays, and you think about this Gamecocks lineup and the lethal left-handed sticks in it, right? Carson Hornung, Caleb Denny, Gavin Cassis, Dylan Brewer. How does this affect the lineup, if at all, for South Carolina? Because Mark Kingston, one of the things he cited in the preseason was, you know, you've added all these different hitters and the depth, right? You're going to be able to play the matchups and play some different things, some strategies, if you will. Does South Carolina just roll with their lefties and say, you know what? We're going to give you a shot to hit these South balls. Or do they switch it up a little bit? Do we see some guys in some different situations, right? Do we see, uh, you know, different dudes get looks, if you will, based off of the matchups? I'm really intrigued to see how much different 
if different at all, the lineup looks. And if it does not look different, how do those left-handed hitters handle, I think, two of the best southpaws in the SEC? And again, the numbers, guys, the numbers would back that up because what Woods and Sullivan have done this year have an absolutely incredible, and I don't have their splits for what they've done against left-handed bats, but I would almost guarantee you they've been damn near unhittable. So it will be a great challenge for the big left-handed sticks in your lineup. Cannot wait to see how they fare. Guys, something else to watch for. And I feel like, yet again, a broken record because we've talked a lot about Will Sanders to this point. But it goes without saying, right? This is a really big start. But beyond just the reasons that you're probably thinking about where, you know, we need to see more from Will. You know, if you don't throw well this weekend, we start to question his spot in the rotation. I'm thinking about it from the perspective of, and I recall two years ago when the Gamecocks went to Athens, you know, Will Sanders, guys, is from the state of Georgia. This is a very, very big game for him, right? I'm sure he knows damn near everybody on that Georgia roster. I bet he knows that coaching staff. He'll probably have a lot of family in the stands, right? A lot of people, friends, family, whatever that he knows. This is a big start for Will Sanders for a lot of different reasons, right? And as much credit as I gave Jaden Woods, he's been solid, but he hasn't been great. His numbers aren't that much better than Will Sanders. He's been solid, though, but... I think it is so important, right? Because we've seen sort of, we've sort of seen Will, you know, kind of start to get back in the swing of things. I don't think last weekend his start was all that bad, but it's still like you're just left clamoring for more, right? You're just left, you're like, when are we going to see that that dominant, you know, the best version of Will Sanders that we know is in there? And I still believe that we will see it. I find it hard to believe we will not see it this weekend because, again, I just think everything going on the road is going to be very emotional for him. Like I said, kind of going, quote-unquote, back home, if you will, pitching on a Friday night in the SEC. A big, big, big start. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Will Sanders for sure, because you know, you know, unfortunately, if he does not spin the baseball well, you're going to see a lot of the commentary on social media, some of the, you know, some of the slap dicks, if you will, saying he should be thrown out of the weekend rotation. You know, he's no good anymore. Guy that's projected a first rounder, he's no good. I expect to see 
the best version of Will Sanders. I think we'll see that nasty breaking ball. I think we'll see him attack. I think we will see his location be much sharper. Obviously, you hope for the efficiency. He's going up against a really, really good Georgia lineup. But I, I think this is a big start for Will Sanders for a number of reasons. And also, again, in his draft year, right? We haven't even talked a lot about that. But in his draft year, that's what the scouts care about. Hey, what are you doing against the best of the best, which is the SEC? He gets his opportunity against that competition starting tomorrow. And also, by the way, his role in game ones, right? You might recall South Carolina in 2021 went two and eight in game ones in SEC play. It was a miracle that that group went 16 and 14 in the league. You can't make a living doing that. Him giving you his best weekend in, weekend out. It is pivotal for this ball club. I said it in the preseason. If South Carolina is going to have, let's say, a 40-plus win year, if they're going to overachieve expectations, hey, if they're going to make a surprise run and get to Omaha, Will Sanders needs to have an All-American, at minimum All-SEC caliber type season. It starts tomorrow night. Uh, Something else I'm watching for, guys. Hey, we've been talking a lot again about Monty Lee, the new approach, and give credit where it's due. Give credit where it's due. The approach has been fantastic. It's been noticeable that there is a new approach. How does that new approach fare against the best competition in all of college baseball, the best pitching in all of college baseball, right? Because it's one thing to do it against Presbyterian, USC Upstate, the Citadel, UMass Lowell, Bethune-Cookman, even Clem Sucks. It's one thing to do it against them. But now you go up against the best. And we've seen South Carolina before pick on non-conference pitching and then struggle once you get to SEC play. And nobody's sitting here saying that you better hit 311, but you can't hit 220 either. So, especially tomorrow night in a Friday night game where you might have to win 3-2. to two. You might have to win 4-3. to three. You might have to win a low scoring game that might happen more on one that more on more than one occasion excuse me that might happen often right are you able to be productive not be able or not have to rely on the home run ball get the bunt down be productive right score a guy from third with less than two outs those little things that we talk about are you able to do that and do that well that is what truly makes the difference between winning and losing. So how does Monty Lee's approach, how does it carry over now into SEC play? And guys, my final thing that I'm looking forward to is just a big opportunity on the road. You know, we've seen South Carolina play one true road game and they lost it at Clem Sucks. Now, if you want to count floor field, be my guest. Again, I say that was a neutral site, which because it was, but uh, the Gamecocks, you know, going on the road. I mean, listen, I was asked yesterday, would, would a sweep be good? You know, would, would winning two of three, you know, how would you compare? Guys, you win two out of three on the road in the SEC, that's a great weekend. If you sweep, I mean, that's just a bonus, right? That is the icing on the cake if you can get a sweep. It's a major opportunity, I think, for South Carolina to make a statement early on in this SEC season, right? That, hey, the non-conference was fun, and we're moving up the rankings. We are now showing you this weekend, though, that we're for real. We're not just some flash in the pan. We're not just picking on weak pitching. This is who South Carolina baseball is this season. So I'm really excited for it, guys. You know, anytime you go on the road in the SEC, and by the way, South Carolina, Georgia, need I really say more? You know, it's a great rivalry. It's one that to hell with Georgia. I mean, outside of Clem sucks, I think we all hate the dogs the most, probably more than any team. Um, it's a great opportunity, though. I'm sure it'll be somewhat of a hostile environment. You got the you got the greenhouse out there in right field. You know, the dog students will be out there going crazy. So it will be a fantastic environment for college baseball. And again, a great Great opportunity for South Carolina to make a statement and show that they are for real 
early in this 2023 season. Guys, let's move to my key player of the weekend. And I look and I turn towards the lineup because, again, I expect the pitching to give you an opportunity to win all three games. How does this approach carry over into SEC play? And the man I'm going with for my key player, he's been a catalyst for this lineup all season long, and I feel like when he's swinging it well, things are clicking. Gamecocks catcher Cole Messina. Uh, Again, he's been really, really good for you. I love the way he's swinging the stick. He's red hot right now. I think if he can continue that, it's going to spell big things for South Carolina as he's right there in the middle of that lineup for you. Big-time RBI guy. And I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you there's going to be some moments he's going to come up to bat right? Some big situations that if he can get that big knock, I think it'll spell the difference between winning or losing a series. So my key player of the weekend, Cole Messina, the Somerville product, I think he'll have a lot of big opportunities to make a big impact this weekend, which leads me into my prediction. The Gamecocks are red hot, right? Losing just one game to this point, 17 and one overall. Georgia has been pretty good, right? They've been pretty good. Uh, actually lost their finale against Charleston Southern uh, over the weekend. And you look at their schedule, like I mentioned earlier, 13-4 and four on this season. Uh, and we'll just go down the schedule really quick. They they uh, actually lost their season opener, lost on opening day 8-5 to five to Jacksonville State, came back and won two of three, um, then took down Princeton three of four in a four-game set, won three of four, beat PC, took two of three from Georgia Tech, which was a really, really big series victory, uh, won those seven to two, 16 to six, and then lost on Sunday four to one. They then beat Georgia Southern 17 to 11 at SRP Park in North Augusta. I hate I missed that. Uh, beat them the next night in Statesboro nine to four. And then, of course, this past weekend, won two of three against Charleston Southern. The games they won, 18 to nine and 15 to nothing. Uh, lost the finale five to four. And then beat Wofford, which is a really good ball club, by the way. Beat Wofford in Athens on Tuesday, 10 to eight. So as you can see, Georgia has been swinging a hot stick. They have not seen pitching like South Carolina has. Again, the big question I have, guys, is just the hitting. Is the hitting going to continue? Is it going to carry over? I don't think this weekend is a gimme. I know a lot of people will look at this schedule and they'll look at Georgia and they'll look at kind of the preseason expectations or the the preseason conversations around the dogs and say, oh, this is an easy weekend. Georgia's no good. There are no easy weekends in the SEC, guys. I mean, it really, truly, with the depth of this league, I think Georgia's going to be one of those teams. We get to season's end. They're going to be on the bubble, kind of fighting for that postseason spot. They may not get in, but they're going to be a very, very dangerous team. The big question for the dogs is this. Can they withstand a very shoddy bullpen? Because Woods and Sullivan, I think they're as good as a one-two punch as you're going to find But this weekend, guys, I think will show us just how blessed and how fortunate we are to have the pitching depth we do. Because most teams are in Georgia's position to where their Sunday guy, I mean, it's we better score double-digit runs, right? Because our Sunday guy is kind of he's kind of leaky, if you will. Our our frontline guys are solid, but as you get deeper and deeper in the pitching staff, uh, it gets more and more shaky as you go. I think South Carolina, it's gonna be key for them on Friday and Saturday to knock Woods and Sullivan out of the game. Be patient, right? Be able to get them out by the fifth inning. No later than the sixth inning. Get into that bullpen and expose that pitching staff. I think South Carolina has the pitching to outlast Georgia. 
you know, I, I don't expect the Gamecocks to be scoring double-digit runs left and right, although I wouldn't put it past them that it's not possible. But, you know, I, I think, guys, you're going to see a change offensively in the sense of, you know, it's going to look like you're playing different competition. I don't know how else to say it. it you're, you're going to see a noticeable change in regards to the style of these games. And, you know, our, our, our last weekend of stress-free baseball was last weekend, right? That's over now. This is high-stress high-intensity baseball. I think it'll be a great competitive back-and-forth series, but I do think South Carolina is a more complete ball club. I think their pitching depth is in a much better position than Georgia's, and while Georgia's lineup is really good, I think South Carolina, again, will be able to hold them at bay just enough for the Yardcocks offense to get the job done. I've got South Carolina winning two of three this weekend, I think going on the road, winning two of three. You do that, it's a success. Hey, if you get the sweep, it's a bonus, right? That would be a fantastic start to SEC play. But I think Georgia will fight. I think Georgia's a quality club, not a great team, but a quality club. I think it'll be a very hard-earned or a hard-fought, well-earned, I should say, series victory for the Yardcocks and a great start in SEC play. So again, lock me in. South Carolina takes two of three. From the Georgia Bulldogs, would love to hear from you guys. How do you think South kind of will fare this weekend at Foley Field? Guys, before we get out of here, let's move off of baseball and back to football, right? In the spirit of spring practice, we're continuing the conversation as I give you my top five position battles to watch for during spring practice. And we'll start at the running back position. And how could you start elsewhere, right? How could you start elsewhere? I feel like the last couple of days, it has been the main topic of conversation in regards to the questions that media have asked Shane Beamer, Dowell Loggins, et cetera. And you look at that position, right? Juju McDowell is the name we're all familiar with and what he can do for you. But is he an every down back? I think most of us would say no. Mario Anderson comes in from Newberry, a fantastic player at the D2 level. Is he ready to make the jump to this level and make a contribution Outside of that, guys, and I think if we're really honest with ourselves, I don't think there's a guy in that room outside of the two that I just mentioned that could really make a significant impact. I didn't even realize this until a couple of days ago that, uh, that uh, what, Turbo Miller is dealing with eligibility issues. He may not even play this season. Outside of that, you've got Nathan harris Wainick, who is a great kid, comes from a great family. Realistically, is he going to play? Probably not. And then you got DJ Twitty, I believe the transfer from, uh, I believe, I think he's from East Tennessee State, and I don't think he'll play either. Dontavius Braswell, a true freshman, he's not on campus yet. And I'll give you guys a spoiler. I was asked about this a couple of days ago, hey, who's going to be the starting running back or who's going to be RB1 coming out of spring ball? My answer was this, I don't think it matters. <laughs> I don't think it matters because I don't think the starting running back is on your roster right now. Uh, and and the fact that the running back position is at the place it's currently at is is kind of wild. It's kind of crazy, right, that you're in the position you are. But I think South Carolina, after spring ball, when the portal opens May 1st, I think they will hit the portal, and I think you will see the Gamecocks be aggressive in finding their starting running back for the 2023 season. But still, that is a very interesting position battle. Does someone emerge? Does somebody we're not expecting emerge out of that room? Going to be interesting to see. My second top position battle is that defensive back? And I'll say this, guys. We feel good about the young talent there. We feel good about the returners. But anytime you lose guys like a Darius Rush, like, like a Cam Smith, right, there's going to be somewhat of a drop-off. And now guys have got things to prove. Marcellus Dial, O'Donnell Fortune, they return. Nicky Mawari, obviously, man in the safety spot. 
But how about some of these young DBs? How about a Keenan Nelson Jr., right? What does he do for you, right? How about some of these other young guys? I mean, it's unfortunate that a guy like Anthony Rose uh, is not going to be part of that conversation because of the stuff going on with the guys that are suspended. Uh, you know, you look down the list. How about a Kawan Banks? How about an Emory Floyd Jr.? You know, how about a DQ Smith following up on what he did last year? How about a Judge Collier, the freshman from Rock Hill? How about a Isaiah Norris, Jalon Kilgore, Landon Greer? How about a David Spaulding as a redshirt senior, making a bigger impact? Jace Blackshear, the redshirt freshman. Uh, B.J. Gibson, who played a good bit last year. Uh, there's a ton of guys that have played here and there that need to take the next step in that secondary, right? I know many people just look at, hey, and hey, Torian Gray, he's earned the benefit of the doubt, but I think this is going to be a big year for the secondary as you replace two fantastic players on the outside in Rush and Smith. My third top position battle to watch for, guys, is the wide receiver two position because Juice Wells is back. It's a given he's your number one guy. And I think Xavier Leggett can be the dude here. But it's sort of a wide-open room still. I think until Xavier Leggett shows that consistency, I don't know that we can fairly anoint him. As you know what, he's undisputed wide receiver number two. I mean, you've got Leggett, you've got Brown, you've got Joyner, you add in guys like Eric Rice, um, you know, Kyla Horton, Xavier Short, Landon Sampson, right, who didn't really play last year, uh, Eddie Lewis, the grad student from Memphis, Omega Blake, who they've been preaching or, or praising, if you will. That's another one. So, uh, And I'm also, by the way, as an honorable mention here, I didn't even put these guys down on my list, but tight ends going to be really fun to watch with the addition of Trey Knox. But you went from having, like, no tight ends in the bowl game to you have, like, seven tight ends, right, with Reed McKeeska coming over from Florida, Trey Knox from Arkansas, uh, you know, Joshua Simon uh, coming over as a grad student, you know, Connor Cox, Maurice Brown, Lucas Vose from IMG. So Nick Elskin, oh, excuse me, it was Elskinis coming over from Florida. Reed McKeeska is the big-time freshman that you added. So you've got a ton of dudes, ton of bodies. Uh, you know, you love the size. you got a mix of pass catchers and blockers. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch as well. But weapons on the outside, outside of Juice Wells, will be interesting to see who steps up there. Uh, my fourth top position battle, and this is certainly one that's similar to running back. I think you'll see them attack in the portal, and that is the edge position. You know, a lot of Gamecock fans don't like to talk about it, but South Carolina was really negatively impacted by the transfer portal, right? Losing Jordan Birch and Gilbert Edmond off the edge, right? You also lose Brad Johnson, the graduation. You're fighting it. You're fighting it right now to find some dudes. I mean, you look at who's available. I think Jordan Strawn coming back from injury is huge. I, we were praising him all year last year in the preseason. I thought he was going to be the sack leader for you, and unfortunately he went down in that first game. So getting him back is going to be big time. Uh, Terrell Dawkins, right, the NC State transfer, I think he needs to step up. Desmond Umiozulu, the star freshman, he's going to have an opportunity to play. Tyreek Johnson is a redshirt senior. He needs to step up. Brian Thomas Jr., these guys all need to step up. Tonka Hemingway can play some outside as well. He has done it before. Uh, and Shane Beamer has talked about this position, but I think you'll see South Carolina be active in the portal yet again. And it's time, as he's mentioned, for a lot of these dudes who have played a little bit of football here and there to take that next step and play their best football. And finally, guys, my final position battle to watch out for and to follow along closely to during spring practice, it is the linebacker position. I know I've talked a lot about linebackers and the deficiencies there, and it feels like it's been a deficiency forever for South Carolina, but you know what? It's a talking point yet again. 
How quickly does a guy like Grayson Pup Howard come into his role? Six foot four, 242-pound freshman, obviously participated in bowl practice. He's been one of the favorites since he committed to South Carolina. Can he make an early impact as a true freshman? I think Jerron Willis is really intriguing. 6'2", 235 out of Leesburg, Georgia. The Ole Miss transfer was once a four-star recruit. I think he's going to be a guy that probably plays immediately. Uh, Donovan Westmoreland was a guy that flipped from Georgia to South Carolina. Hasn't played a ton. What can he do? Mo Caba coming back from injury. I don't think he's going through spring ball, but either way, he'll be a big part of this thing in the fall. Um, and then you just go down to Stone Blanton, of course, I think is going to be a big-time dude for you, probably going to be one of the leaders of your defense so just getting more out of the linebacker position because it's been such a weakness over the last couple of years by the way I didn't even mention it but Debo Williams who played a ton of football for you last year I think he's a solid depth guy for you Bam Martin Scott he played a lot of ball for you last year he's a redshirt senior he 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 he's been a quality player for you at times so it's just such a pivotal position for a group. Clayton White talked about this yesterday that is looking to improve on its run defense, slowing down the run and giving yourself a chance on the defensive side. So those are my five position battles to watch for. And guys, I know we're not there. We're not on the field. We're not at spring practice. But I think if you follow closely enough and you read in between the lines, and of course we watch the spring game, I think you can start to learn some things in regards to, okay, who are the contributors? Who are the guys that are showing out this spring? Who are the guys the coaches are talking about, if you will? But I think these will also be position battles that we follow going into the season as well. So, again, I got running back, DB, wide receiver two, edge, and linebacker. What are your top five position battles? Would love to hear from you guys. Guys, that's going to do it all for me. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank y'all so much. So excited for a packed weekend. Uh, and I hope you're enjoying, by the way, your March Madness. As I said at the top of the show, uh, do your best. Hey, if you called in, if you, if you called the days off, you're a genius. Enjoy it. Watch all the college basketball. Be careful out there gambling, of course. Hope you win tons of money. And uh, looking forward to this weekend, again, with the live stream watch-alongs and uh, just one week away from the TSUS Tour. So many exciting things happening right now, and I appreciate you guys, your love, your support, and stay tuned for all the content, content bleeding out the eyeballs, as it always is. Guys, thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and we will talk to you all on Monday. is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.